0: Hi, I'm Christina Davis, and welcome to the Crazy Nomad Podcast, where we talk about the real side of working and living as a digital nomad. On this podcast, you will hear real insights and stories from actual digital nomads, sharing what life is really like abroad, how they got here, what they do, and also all the funny, absolutely crazy, difficult, and ridiculous stories of those living outside of the normal nine-to-five. So get ready to be inspired, laugh with us, and learn from all of these crazy nomads. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Crazy Nomad Podcast. We are here with the first guest for season three, and I am so excited to have her on. Crosby is joining us. She's a fellow digital nomad, remote worker. She's a YouTuber, has really grown social media, and I'm super excited to hear her story. To have her give an insight into what life is like and to just give a backstory of business and lifestyle and traveling so Crosspeak, jump in give us your story
1: thank you so much for having me on I'm so excited i always mm-hmm. love talking about this lifestyle and I think your podcast gives a really really great insight into what it's really like so i'm I'm very excited to kind of share my journey but yeah just as a brief overview I got started you know on my nomad journey when I was still in college so I was a full time student and I kind of realized after a few corporate internships that that route was not for me. You know, I did enjoy the work and the people, but I just kind of realized that it was the environment that was making me feel very low, very unfulfilled, pretty bored. So I started researching, you know, how I could kind of work online and maybe travel a little bit. And I really, you know, dove head first and started realizing, you know, the possibilities that online work can bring. So, yeah, you know, during my last corporate internship, I started my freelance business and I started that as a full-time senior college student. And yeah, my first client was a family friend. I had, you know, very little experience, but you know once they took a chance on me, it kind of snowballed from there and by the end of my senior year, I had saved up I think about twelve thousand dollars and my initial plan was to go to Southeast Asia, backpack around all of those amazing beautiful countries. but of course, the pandemic hits, so had to make other arrangements and you know, after a few months at home working, saving up some more money, I ended up going out west and car camping through the West. And that was my first sort of work and travel experience. And it was like in my first experiment as to, can I really make this work? Can I actually work online and travel at the same time? And lo and behold, it worked. And from there, I have lived in a travel trailer twice, I'm currently in one right now. And I've also backpacked all through Latin America and parts of Europe. So yeah, it's really, really been such a wild ride. And very incredible journey so far. And I feel like it's crazy that it's been just, you know, two and a half, three years. It feels like it's been longer, but also shorter at the same time. And I don't know like how that works, but I'm very excited to see what, you know, the next chapter brings.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's funny. I quit my job back in 2019 and I went backpacking Southeast Asia. I did like the six months there, was moving to Australia for two years, and then COVID hit and like everything just instantly changed. And although it's been like three years now, I'm like, how did that go so fast? But yet, I've like done so much and so much has changed and it is just crazy how much has gone on. So give us an insight. Like what do you actually do for your freelancing? How like Mm -hmm. what have you grown within that kind of freelancing gig? Have you gotten new clients? Have you changed? Have you pivoted? Because I know for myself, I kind of started with like virtual assistant and then I went to social media management and that in podcast management. I know there is sometimes a lot of growth in it. So what has your experience been freelancing?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely evolved through the years, but it's all kind of within the realm of digital marketing with an emphasis on social media. So my first client, it, they're an online retail business, and I basically just help them with social media management. So they kind of wanted to revamp their social media you know, I put together a strategy for them and started implementing that strategy in the form of Instagram posts. And I also worked on a little bit of their website, a little bit of their email newsletter. So it was kind of all over the place. And then now, you know, it's kind of transitioned from, you know, the management side of things to more of the strategic side of things, as well as content creation. So, you know, with my own Instagram, I have a ton of experience creating reels that perform very well. You know, my clients have taken notice of that who know I'm on social media, which is always kind of funny, but I I help them as well with reels, you know, here and there. But my, my main client right now, I just have one because I'm also doing YouTube and, you know, digital products and consulting and stuff like that. But my main client, they're a small startup social media agency, and we specialize in executive branding So I basically help, you know, C-suite executives with their online presence, whether that's LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or a combination of the three. And I help them with the strategy side of things as well as, you know, content creation here and there. Yeah. And then in addition to that, I have my own, you know, content creation business for my own personal brand.
0: That's awesome. And I think, you know, you were saying like you've done so much even with your own brand that's helped you kind of grow Mm -hmm. and be able to help your clients. Like what would you... What's the advice you would give to somebody who like really wants to kind of get into the freelance world, enjoy social media, but doesn't really know how to kind of like navigate it or find their first client or even
1: build Mm -hmm. their first portfolio to send to people? What kind of advice would you give for them when they're just starting out? So my number one piece of advice when it comes to landing your first freelance client, or if you don't feel like you have a lot of experience is number one, there's, it's kind of two parts. Number one is you have more experience than you think whether or not you've even done remote work or whether or not you even have a ton of professional experience off the bat, I can almost promise you that you have some transferable skills that will benefit you in a freelance role, You know, whether that's project management or scheduling or organization or, or things as simple as that, that can all transfer into helping a client. So don't discount yourself and really take a look at you know, what you've done over the years and how that can transfer into a freelance position. The second piece of advice I would give is networking is absolutely critical, especially in the freelance world. It's really important, really, in any sort of professional role. But when it comes to freelancing, you know, from my personal experience, I've never gotten a client on Upwork or Fiverr or anything like that. That's just never really worked for me. I've found on those platforms, you either need to be the most expert highest charging client or highest charging freelancer in order to stand out, or you need to be charging like $5 an hour. It's it's kind of hard to succeed when you're right in the middle. So I've just found that to be a bit hard, you know, when I was starting out. So I just pretty much started reaching out to family, friends, professional contacts, alumni, professors, really anyone that knows who I am respects me, knows how hard I work and can vouch for me, whether they would be a client or whether they know someone or they don't know them yet, but they may meet someone in the future who could use the services that I'm providing. So every single client that I have gotten has been through networking or word of mouth from an existing client or a Previous client. So, you know, you never want to burn any bridges. You always, you know, whether or not they're in, you know, your sort of target market, you still want to put your best foot forward and let them know, you know, your services, who you've helped, what you can do, and just kind of hope that, you know, maybe they run into someone who needs your services and they can give a direct recommendation from there. I've gotten a ton of clients that way as a college student. So it's totally possible. But yeah, networking is
0: huge. I definitely agree. When I first started, I actually got my first clients through similar, you know, talking to family and friends and be like, oh, I really want to do this. I'm kind of getting into this space. And then one of my friends actually like hired me for their business. And then a family friend hired me for theirs. And I've been lucky actually, where I was had clients from networking, and then I actually applied to some jobs on Upwork as I saw them go. And like you said, it definitely is a super, super competitive market. I lucked out in the sense that like I got two gigs ended up being long term. So I was able to actually build an Upwork profile where it says I've earned, you know, like over $15,000 or whatever it is on Upwork. So then you're reputable. But like if you don't get to that stage, it's definitely a hard market to get into. And it's kind of like I always tell people it's a good place to go to have extra potential opportunities, but like you never want to put starting out go full force into it because you'll end up, like you said, against people who are charging $5 an hour when you're like yeah. pretty brand new and you don't have the portfolio experience or reviews yet on there mm-hmm. and you're just left um, you know, kind of trying to figure out how to compete with everyone. So I do think networking is a massive, massive part of it to sustain or have really any success in it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I remember in, in that initial question, you mentioned social media. I think That, you know, for me, I kind of am on the extreme end because I I really love, you know, social media as a way to connect with other people that I may not have met in real life. And it's a very fun, creative outlet for me. So I've definitely had a lot of fun on there and have grown quite a following that has led to clients. But you can if you want to get on social media, which, you know, as as a way to get clients, which I do recommend to a point, I would say start out on LinkedIn. And, you know, in whatever sort of niche or specialty that you're going into as a freelancer, start, you know, following people in that realm, you know, reading thought leadership pieces, maybe posting something, engaging with other people in your space and kind of start, you know, positioning yourself as, an expert and a thought leader in your space so that if somebody comes to your profile, not only can they see your accolades and your experience, but they can also see that you're an active participant in that industry. And it will be more likely that they'll be very impressed by this profile and would want to reach out. So that's kind of where I would begin. Don't go insane. You know, you don't have to be posting every single day, but just kind of feel it out and see where it goes because it totally helps. Yeah, I definitely agree. One
0: of the guests in the podcast last season was Jewel, who is a big LinkedIn person. She does a whole remote working masterclass for LinkedIn, and she gave some really great insight. And I do think that as a social platform, that could really, really have so much value to you if you use it, especially starting out and continuing as you like keep growing with all of it. So I'd love to get into now like how did you start your YouTube journey? What was did you have a plan of like kind of building community? Did you just want to like log what your life was like and show everyone what was kind of your initial thought with it all and then how has it
1: been kind of growing that since then? So my initial sort of the reason why I started YouTube is I actually have always wanted to start a YouTube channel. I just didn't know exactly what my niche would be and what kind of videos I I would be posting. And I also think there was a sort of not embarrassment factor, but you kind of have to go all in with the fact that you're going to be putting your face out on the internet. And it's it's different than, you know, Instagram or TikTok, where it's short form, kind of brief, you can sort of include your face if you want to, but you don't necessarily have to. But with YouTube, it's very personal, it's long form video content. So I think once I got over that hurdle, and I you know, started posting videos. It was totally natural and I love I've always loved creating videos. You know, when I was a kid, I would always make like mini movies with my cousins. Like it was always something that I really enjoyed editing on like, you know, the old platforms. I don't even remember movie. It was iMovie. I used to edit like really stupid videos on iMovie when I was yep. little and <laughs> it was just it was really fun. So I started YouTube when I first moved into the travel trail at the beginning of twenty twenty one with my boyfriend. And you know he's a videographer as well, so he kind of encouraged me. He helped me pick a good camera. you know he was he's a fantastic drone pilot, so kind of all the stars aligned and I was like, okay, I'm actually going to start you know documenting this journey because it was something I'd never done before, totally new and foreign, and I really wanted to just you know share the journey, but also just have it for my own personal memories when I'm like ten twenty years down the line, and I'm like, yeahah, oh, go look back at the glory days when I used to like live on the road and travel all the time so Yeah, that was kind of my initial goal going into it. And obviously, you know, starting this at the beginning of 2021, I knew that there was always the potential that, you know, it could grow into something that was really profitable. But, you know, I never encourage people to go into social media with that as their primary focus, because it is very difficult to make money as, you know, a content creator and influencer. So, you know, I was never going to just like quit my job and become a YouTuber. But it has, you know, grown over the last, I guess it's been like a year and a half now. And yeah, I've been able to document the RV journey as well as my international solo backpacking journey and kind of working and traveling. And so it's been a really, really great experience. And, you know, on top of creating these amazing things that I can look back on and the community that I've built, it's also really enhanced my, not only my, cinematography skills, but my editing skills. So that's something that I could potentially, you know, add on into my freelance business as a skill to help clients is, you know, video editing or content creation, you know, for YouTube, thumbnail creation, anything like that, you know, I've have now, you know, almost two years of experience doing that. So it's a great way to, you know, boost my portfolio even more.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I think you definitely learn skills. Even like for me, when I started my podcast, I really had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I'm going to figure it out. And then I did (laughs) over time. And then from learning how to edit podcasts, put them together, I was able to actually get my own clients and I do that for them now. And it was just another skill that I was able to add on to my freelance business by just trying something out yourself. And I think a lot of people are always worried about like getting a new client when they don't really have a lot of experience in it is like well then try and do it yourself if you can do you know what I mean like try and really get yourself involved in it like you said with YouTube you did it for yourself for your own channel and then it's like now you have all these skills and same thing with my podcast if you think sometimes trying something out just even on your own just to have fun with could be a great way to segue into learning so many new skills
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a really great way to do that. And, and, and you know, there's always that fear factor of why well, I don't I don't know how to do it. And I, I don't want to look dumb. And, you know, no matter how, you know, beautifully curated and perfect, some YouTubers video might be when you watch it today, go scroll back down four years ago, I can assure you their videos are (laughs) just total amateur level because we all have to start somewhere unless you've gone to school for film or or whatever which very few youtubers have everyone is starting on the same playing field and so you just have to dive in and you know go to youtube university look up how to do this how to do that and you know go from there and you just have to just keep doing it you know repetition is the best form of learning and yeah you'll kind of figure out a the right workflow for you, what is most efficient, the types of tools that you can use. And, you know, as you start editing your videos, you know, when you watch YouTube videos, you'll notice different things that you didn't notice before, because now that you're in it, you're like, oh my gosh, how did they do that cool transition or how they do that blur effect or those color corrections are so cool. And from there you can really start to improve. So yeah, I mean, you just kind of have to dive in and, you know, Not care that it's gonna be bad, probably the first few times. I think that's pretty liberating to just give yourself permission (laughs) to suck for a little and then you'll
0: improve. (laughs) 100%. I think that's what everyone's afraid of. They're like, I need to be perfect the first go around. Like, nothing's perfect. Like, I listened to my first podcast episode I ever put out now versus like – or the first time versus now and it mm-hmm. is a whirlwind of difference. Like I've learned so much and people aren't going to fault you for like learning something getting better. If anything, like people are more impressed to follow your journey and be like, wow, she's improved so much. Like her quality of video is so good now. Her podcast is so good now. Her social media is going like – it's awesome to watch that and people enjoy it. So it's like you either have two choices. Try and suck and get better, or don't try at all because you're afraid to suck, and then you don't mm-hmm. really ever get to experience what it's like to even, you know, succeed at it. So I do think that's a big part of it is be like you said, being okay to be like, all right, I'm gonna suck the first time, and that's all right. I'm like I'll get better and I'll learn, but you kind of have to put yourself in that com- uncomfortable position to even get there. Hundred percent. So with your whole YouTube journey, I'm always curious. Like, do you find that it's really reflective? Because a lot of YouTubers, you know, you're vlogging a lot of your life and you're showing a good a good portion of it. Whether it's vulnerable and raw and do you think that kind of doing the YouTube journey and filming yourself has kind of given you even a bigger perspective on your own life or reflections on yourself or what this lifestyle's kind of brought to you or, you know, hardships that you've had?
1: I think that's such a cool way of looking at it. You know, some of my favorite things to do when i'm feeling like sad or kind of like what the heck am i doing with my life because we all we all have those thoughts every now and then and then so this sounds kind of weird but i think if if you're on youtube and you're creating videos you'll kind of understand i'll go and watch a video from you know a year ago and i'm just like first of all i can't believe this was only a year ago because so much has happened between then and now And also, you know, that was such an incredible experience. I'm so happy I captured that. And it does kind of give you a different perspective, not, I mean, almost like a third party perspective by watching your own videos, you know, after, you know, months or years have gone by and you can look back and watch your video, you know, in a different mindset, you know, you've grown as a person, you're still yourself, but you, you know, we're all growing and changing every year. So it's always really fun to go back and watch some of my older videos. And yeah, it, it does give me a great perspective for, you know, what I'm filming today, how that's going to land on me or other people, you know, a year from now. So I do like to go watch some of my older videos sometimes just to, yeah, like you said, give, give myself more of a, an outsider perspective who, of someone who's like watching my video for the first time. It is a very interesting perspective to have, you know, you know, watching something, you know, that that feels almost like a lifetime ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. And it, it gives me, you know, hope for, you know, if I have no clue what I'm doing right now, well, I'm like, well, I didn't know what I was doing then either. <laughs> so you just it, it does kind of help with <laughs> that sort of mindset. So
0: yeah, I'm I even sometimes look back at my old Instagram stories. I'm just like I don't YouTube mm-hmm. or anything, but I'll look back at them from a year to years ago and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like, who was I? And like, I thought, you know, the world, I thought the world was judging me for what I did. And I look back and I'm like, who even cares how many likes I got on that post or that story Mm -hmm. or who responded or whatnot? Like, I'm enjoying my life. And it's kind of like that perspective I always have when I watch my stuff. But I do think a big, like, part of the digital nomad lifestyle and kind of getting involved in the beginning is accepting the fact that like people are not going to fully understand your life and they're not really going to truly get what your day-to-day looks like or what you really do for work or if you even work. Because so I have some people in my family who are like, what do you, what do you actually do? And I'm like, no, I, I really do work. Like I promise you I work Monday through Friday like you do. I just work in different locations. So have you kind of experienced that on your end where it's like trying to explain to people what your life is like, especially traveling on an RV and everything? I'm sure you come
1: across it so often I cannot even explain it. I I, I I, don't let it really bother me as much anymore because it's just like if you take one look at the things I'm posting online, you would know that my entire niche is remote work and travel. So I'm not just sitting around, you know, living off my parents' money and like going to all these amazing places because I just feel like it. You know, I work, I, you know, I, I've worked in the corporate setting before, and I can assure you us remote workers or freelancers, self-employed people, we work as much, if not more than, you know, the average person going to the office every day. It's just a different way of doing it. And, you know, it's, it's mainly the older generation that has a harder time grasping, you know, what we do. And so I think I've just learned to be really patient with that and also be okay with the fact that some people are just going to think I'm screwing around. But at the end of the day, I know and the people close to me know (laughs) that I am an extremely hard worker and I'm doing this because, you know, I want to live an extraordinary life. And yeah, if they if that belief makes them feel better about their life, then that's totally fine. And as long as they're not being nasty or tearing me down in any way, then that's fine. And I'm happy to explain, you know, what my day to day looks like. But I think, you know, if someone is just very casually, like perusing my YouTube channel, And maybe they come across a video where I'm doing some cool exploration and zero work is involved in this video, you know, showing that I'm on my laptop most days. It's going to look like, yeah, she's just, you know, either living off her savings, not really caring about the future or her parents are funding her adventures, which I always just find hilarious that people assume that, especially about women, which is just a whole other can of worms. But Yeah, you know, it's just something that comes with the lifestyle. And I think as more and more people dive into it and it becomes slightly more mainstream, that conversation will start to change. But it's (laughs) I I encounter it a ton. I mean, it was more at the beginning at stages, I I think, because I started doing this right after college. So I think people they don't see the behind the scenes of how I was working, you know, late into the night, early mornings in addition to all of my classes, so I could save up so I could, you know, have sort of a cushion to get started in this lifestyle. You don't, people don't see, you know, those hours put in. So they just kind of see me, I graduated college and immediately I'm traveling full time. They're like, well, how did she really do that? And I'm just like, okay, you know, if you really want to know, you can ask me and I'm happy to to tell you and let you in yep. on how hard, <laughs> you know, I've worked to make this lifestyle work. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept for sure.
0: Yeah. I find it funny when like family members ask me because it's been three years now and every time I say the same thing, but it somehow doesn't sink into their brain. But it's something you (laughs) laugh at over time. One thing you did bring up, which I do think is funny, is people have a tendency to comment on my stuff, and I'm sure you might have gotten, that it must be daddy's money, that it must be rich girl's. And I think it's something I find so interesting because there's nothing about my lifestyle that screams rich girl. Like, Yes, I travel. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not staying in a five-star hotel. I'm not carrying like you know Chanel bags and everything. I just get to travel and see see the world. And I know with you, like your social media has grown like massively in the past year or so. And so, do you find that you have a tendency of people who are kind of negative about it or have that insight? And how do you kind of respond or react to them? Because there is a portion of starting this lifestyle where you do have a bit of like fear of judgment from people and from family and friends, like when they're asking you, oh, do you actually work? It's like you can laugh it off. But there are some times I think things kind of start to weigh on you when mm-hmm. you're afraid of what people might think and when you're getting these judgment comments and things like that. So how have you found it and how have you handled it, especially with your growth and you know your social media community?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, right off the bat, I think that you really have to put boundaries up before you really even need to you know for me you know I almost have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram which is insane to say out loud but if I let every single comment affect my day I would be so not okay and you d- you just have to go into it knowing that there <laughs> are just some people out there that are going to be cowardly they're going to hide behind their screen they're not going to have a profile picture and they're just going to go around trolling people because they feel terrible about their own life and if you look at it in that lens it, it, it's a lot easier to sort of instead of getting really upset and taking it so personally it's more of a reflection of that person and their situation You know, that they feel the need to come comment on something that I put together out of just purely wanting to share the lifestyle and help people, you know, live, you know, the life they want to live. You know, everything I put out into the world is with good intentions. And if someone wants to come and throw negativity into that, that's their own problem. You know, if they're actually asking a genuine question, you know, my niche is kind of digital nomadism. So the main negative comments I get now, it used to be like, of course the daddy's money and oh like you're only able to do this because your parents pay I'm like okay if only you knew that the level of pride I have for not taking a penny of my parents money it's it's ridiculous but now the main comments that I get are from people who disagree with the digital nomad lifestyle altogether they call it the the new colonialism which you know for locals in these countries that are starting to boom with remote workers i i do understand the concern and i want to be very cognizant and and not discount these people who are very worried about the local prices going up because of people from you know more wealthy countries coming in and raising those prices it's something that i think that us digital nomads as a community need to be very aware of and do our part to support these local communities while we're there and not take advantage. So those are the main negative comments I'm getting now. You know, if I have a a reel that goes viral about, you know, a digital nomad visa in Costa Rica, that's been one that has gotten a ton of negative comments. I mean, most are positive at the end of the day, it's always more positive than negative, but there are always going to be some negative people coming in and having conversations in the comments. And for me, With things that go super, super viral, I just have to tune it out to a point. Obviously, I'm going to see it, but I'm not going to go through and scroll and read every single comment, every thread that's happening, because that's not going to do anything for me. The only time I'll really take note of it is if somebody's being genuinely like threatening someone or threatening me or, you know, being just vulgar and disgusting then I'll delete the comment and block them you know if someone wants to come in and call me like names and a horrible person and all these things with no nothing to back it up yeah I'll block you I don't want you I don't want you here but I also want to allow people to have conversations like difficult conversations in the comments because that's the whole point of social media so yeah it's just a balancing act and you do have to just realize that these people they have No insight into you and your life. So for me, I really only take the opinions and feedback of people that I genuinely care about and respect and trust. You know, if someone that like my mom or my boyfriend or my best friend is like, hey, you know, I really didn't like this thing that you talked about, or I really think that you should think about this, then of course I will, you know, be like, oh my God, please tell me more. But, you know, if it's just some rando (laughs) from somewhere halfway across the world that's just, you know, crapping on my life for no reason. I'm just like, all right, bye.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you definitely have to tune it out. And I think it's relevant for like normal life and even having a big social media following, just like you would tune out someone who you don't know who's commenting being a troll. You should tune out the thoughts of like what Mary from high school thinks when you post your, you know, your new venture on social media or a post that you're you know, trying out a new freelancing gig or things like that. Cause I know that there's a lot of people who I've talked to, past clients and stuff, where a big fear came from what people were going to say in their network. Like, not necessarily like their close friends or family, cause they'll tell them even they're a little scared, but it's like what Sally from high school or what, you know, Mary from college will say or what your old neighbor down the street. And it's like, Those people shouldn't have a weight on your life and what you choose to do with it and, like, Mm -hmm. what you go after for work or where you live because end of the day, like, your core circle is what matters and you got to kind of let go of the opinions of those who really don't matter at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I – completely agree with you and I I think it is hard you know when you actually know someone and you've had like real life interaction with them it can be hard to get over that initial judgment especially if you kind of have a people-pleasing mentality and you don't you know want to ruffle any feathers you know if you're going to get into a lifestyle that's quote-unquote unconventional you just have to go into it knowing and expecting people to question you and Maybe make some negative comments, but you know, like I was saying earlier with trolls and not that they're a troll whatsoever, but it, it has more to do with them than it has to do with you. A lot of it either stems from fear of the unknown or distrust of the unknown or breaking the norm, because that makes people extremely uncomfortable if they've been brought up in a society that preaches one specific path. And then they see someone else doing something that not only is unconventional, but is also damn cool. And they may feel a twinge of jealousy. They may feel yeah. like, well, who is she to think that she can do this thing? And, you know, the rest of us have to do, you know, what society tells us to do. You know, there's a whole multitude of things that may be running through, you know, Sally from high school's brain when they make these comments. but you know i think that responding if you want to respond sometimes the best response is no response but if you do want to respond respond with something like hey like you know i'm happy to talk with you about the ins and outs of this lifestyle or just some something that's like more of educating them on what's really going on and the fact that you know you don't think you're better than anyone else but you are just pushing through the fear of breaking the norm And you're, you know, you want to live a life on your terms. And if that scares people, which it will, then, you know, that scares people. But at the end of the day, it's your life. And, you know, if you go into it knowing that people are going to question you and doubt you, then, you know, at least it's not a total shock and slap to the face when someone, you know, makes a rude comment about what you're doing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something you'd be like, ready for you'd ready mm-hmm. for the questions ready for you know people to wonder what you're doing or to have that tinge of doubt in when they're talking to you and one thing i always reminded myself is like the reason that people are you know having this doubt and stuff cuz they're basing their opinions their judgment off the lifestyle that they live right now so they're projecting all of their own emotions their own feelings based on their lifestyle and what they've experienced onto you so their opinion really isn't relevant in terms of should you do it or should you not. If they haven't lived it, if they haven't done it, you probably shouldn't ask them because they're, you know, subconsciously just giving you their perspective based on what they've lived already. Mm -hmm. So it's like somebody who says to you, oh, you probably shouldn't quit your job. Like it's a bad idea. You're making a lot of money. You're, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and you say you want to quit and we'll figure it out. And they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, don't do that!" Like that is a fear based on what they've experienced in their life. It doesn't mean you should necessarily like take their opinion and hold that with true weight unless they've been through what you
1: want to do. That is so so true. A lot of it, you know, a lot of these comments they may come from your mom, they may come from, you know, a professor or a best friend, and those people are coming to you out of love and out of care and yeah like you said you know they're basing all of their pieces of advice and opinions on what they have lived through and what they have found to be successful and unsuccessful and so you know watching someone do something totally different it can be very scary for them and they actually may genuinely be concerned that you're making a bad choice but you just have to you know surround yourself with a group of like-minded people whether that's in real life or on social media. You know, that's that's partly why I started Instagram is because I did not have a single person in my life that understood truly what I was trying to do. Most people were extremely supportive, but they I couldn't have the conversations with them that I wanted to be having. So with social media, you know, I was using it as a tool to connect with a community of people that I knew was out there but I just hadn't tapped into it yet and now that you know I've been able to you know grow and and, and find community online I've traveled with people that I've met through Instagram or YouTube and have exposed myself to the community in real life so now I have actual real people in this community that I can go to and vent to who really understand what's going on and it is it is extremely healthy and therapeutic to do that so yeah it's just if you can cultivate some kind of community that really understands what you're going through I highly recommend doing so yeah I definitely agree
0: I was laugh I was telling my boyfriend this the other day we were talking about like changing life paths and whatnot. And I quit my job three years ago. And I would say every time I talked to my mom about my job or about what I was doing or what I was like, my goals for the future, you know, not working in corporate America, I always had like the background of doubt in her voice. I could hear it. I could hear the judgment kind of. And it would always make me like almost feel bad when I left the conversation being like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Or I'm just frustrated. Mm-hmm. And it took two years of me going through that. Like in the last year she's finally like, Yeah, my my daughter's killing it. She's crushing it. She's doing this, she's doing that. But it took two years to her to believe that this was real. Like it wasn't just a phase in my life. So it's like it might take your family and friends time to understand that like this is your reality, this is something you're gonna do. And it's not something you're like going off for four months, traveling and coming back to you know, find another job. Like, this is your lifestyle. So you gotta have to hold, like, hold out and hold true to whatever you want in your life and be like, this is what I want. I'm going after my dreams. Like, my family eventually will get it. Like I said, it took my family two years to understand it. Mm-hmm. But, like, they eventually will get there. You just got to keep, like, doing it for you. And like you said, finding that community that just understands you is so massively important too. Yeah.
1: You yeah, know, I-, I had a pretty similar experience where I was like, my parents. They've always preached to me that, you know, especially my dad, you know, do what you love. We're always going to support you, you know, as long as you're not, you know, being super stupid about it and just like throwing your money away, which I, if you know me, I'm just, I'm very stingy with my money. So that will never happen. But it did take a little bit for, especially my mom (laughs) to kind of get out of the normal, uh, you know, Gen X sort of mindset of, of what a professional career is supposed to look like when you're in your, you know, twenties or whatever. And, you know, they were always very supportive, but yeah, sometimes they'd be like, well, you know, have you, have you looked at this cool remote job, like a nine to five? And I just, I would just tell them be like, look, that's really not for me. I'm going to stick with freelancing. I'm going to stick with being self-employed and building my business. And I know for a fact that it's going to pay off, whether that's next year or in five or 10 years. And yeah, like you said, it has taken a few years for them to be fully on board and fully trusting of what I'm doing. So yeah, it, it can definitely be hard when people that you really care about and trust and respect sort of not even if they they don't have to necessarily say it outright, but you can kind of tell. You know these people really well, but yeah, no, I mean it. It it it'll, they'll come around, and you just have to stay true to you and stick to your guns. So I completely agree with everything you said.
0: Yeah, and I think that kind of also like relays into kind of what we chatted about earlier, like the community aspect as well as like your own mental health. Like mm-hmm. I know for me, when I went abroad like I was like all oh, my problems are left in America goodbye like I am a new person I have this new lifestyle like life is wonderful and it was and it still is absolutely wonderful but like when I first hit my actual like down or low moment I was like holy crap like I'm so far from my family like I am a 16 hour flight away my best friends from home who I would try and sometimes talk to, would give me some support. But every once in a while, it was like, you live in paradise. Like, what could you really mm. be complaining about? And you're like, well, I do live in paradise, but I'm still a human. Like, I still go through normal life things. And so I think it was really, for me, it was super difficult the first, like, probably year to understand how to actually, like, deal with mental health or depression or anxiety, mm. which I all all really, really chilled, like, dealt with when I was in Bali. And like trying to realize that it's okay to not be okay, even though your Instagram is beautiful and your pictures are great and you have this whole highlight reel to show the world on social media and you are living in quote unquote paradise, that life still is life and it still has hard moments. So I'd love to hear like kind of what your journey has been dealing with that, especially traveling around and, you know, how you've been able to kind of cope with it all or your best strategies you found.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you said it so, so beautifully. I had, I, I still have such a similar experience that you have. And the more I open up about it on social media, the more I realize just how universal this is of, you know, people in the travel community feeling almost guilty and that there's something wrong with you for having, you know, mental struggles when you're living in quote unquote paradise or living someone's dream life it can feel very wrong and it can feel almost like well who am i to let myself feel this way when i'm clearly you know living the best life that people dream of etc um i think that you know if you struggle with mental health and you think that changing your lifestyle will fix that and trust me i get it cuz that's literally what i did i was like well and co- like i i'm only you know, having depression and these horrible thoughts because I'm in college and I don't belong here and I'm sick of drinking every day and I really just want to get out there and blah, 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 blah. I I genuinely thought that when I started traveling that I would not feel any of those feelings ever again. And that's just simply not the case. And I think if you go into it with that mindset, the first, second, third time that you start to feel those obtrusive thoughts coming in, the, the anxiety, the you know sadness, whatever you struggle with, Because it will happen, it can feel almost lower than you've ever felt because you have this sort of juxtaposition of your internal struggle. And then you look around you and you're like, how the hell do I feel this way? So I think you do have to go into it knowing for a fact that you cannot escape your problems just by moving locations, switching lifestyles. I think you can put it off for a while by you know, chasing novel experiences and doing things that really challenge you and require 100% of your mental energy. But at the end of the day, if you do that for too long, you're going to burn out. And then you're really going to have to deal with your issues head on. And it's going to be really painful. And I can say that because it's happened to me multiple times. And so I think for me, the, the main ways that I've found to help you know, myself through those situations is number one is to slow down because if you just try, if you're traveling full time, like I do, and like so many people do, if you are constantly moving from place to place every week, especially if you work full time or work online, you're going to burn out for sure. It's very, very exhausting to be getting on flights, you know, one, two, three times a month, getting on a bus, getting in taxis, getting on, you know, boats, whatever you're doing. It can be extremely tiring and also unfulfilling because, you know, you get to a location, you're like, oh, I want to see these things, but also I need to make money. So let me like squeeze everything in. And then the second I see everything, I have to leave. And, you know, it's really important to leave these travel experiences open-ended or at least give yourself a few weeks or a month or two at a time in each destination in order to actually settle in, take a breath, you know, immerse yourself in the destination where you are, but also you know, stay on top of your work and do the things that you need to do. Because at the end of the day, if you want to live this lifestyle, you have to treat it like a life. You can't treat it like a vacation that's going to end in three months you know if you are going on a 3 month backpacking trip and then you're going to go to an office after that then do it go balls to the walls and do all the things all at once but if not <laughs> yep. if you're yeah if you're going to if you're going to do this long term you can't be doing that because yeah i i mean i burnt out this year i went to europe with my sister and we were only there i think we were there for 2 months backpacking and i knew i was going to come back to the states after that so she's not working she's she's still in college i still work obviously full time And we're, I'm trying to balance, you know, getting to all of these cool spots because we aren't going to be there for very long. I'm trying to give her a really cool, fun experience and not, you know, be the boring sister that has to be on the computer all the time. And so, you know, by the end of that trip, I think I had, I think I traveled to something like 14 different cities in like two months or something like that. And it was, I think the longest we stayed in one place was six or seven days. And so it was just like, boom, 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 moving place to place to place. And yeah, by the end of that trip, I was like, I'm never getting on a plane ever again. (laughs) I was so burnt out. I was exhausted. (laughs) And it really like made traveling a chore at that point. So, you know, you want to find a balance that's right for you and and stick to that. And, you know, don't feel like all these places are just going to evaporate if you don't get to them next month. You know, life is long. I think that people often say life is short, but I really think life is long and and you have so much time to do and see the things that you want to do. But you're not going to do that if you don't give yourself the space to focus on your mental health and your physical health. If you don't do that, then you're never gonna achieve those things, you know, at the end of the day, because you're just gonna burn out. So I mean, there there there's so many things that I could say to help. I mean therapy. I'm I'm in therapy now online and It's been extremely helpful. I've been struggling in the RV because I have felt very isolated. You know, I miss the travel community. So I'm kind of trying to figure out a balance that works for me. But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you just kind of have to, a lot of trial and error, but yeah, slowing down and, and don't go into it with the expectation that a certain lifestyle will solve all your problems because it will not.
0: It would be nice if it did, but it definitely (laughs) doesn't. I know, Um, I wish. Same thing. I know because I have the same thought and even like I'm a slow traveler like I can't do I've done the backpacking thing and I cannot do that working like I do now there's just no way like you said you don't get to see things like you don't actually get to enjoy the place and then you have this guilt because you're not actually seeing it and then if you don't work you have a guilt because you're not working and it's like just a never-ending cycle if you kind of Are doing that like week travel every three days, every four days. Like, a slow travel is a great way to actually see a culture, see a place, meet friends, really enjoy it, and be able to work and not feel like a constant pressure to go and do things all the time because you have a bit more time at your hands. Like, I do usually a month at each place. Me and my boyfriend will travel together. And one thing I have realized, like, even with the slow travel and moving about, even moving a month at a time is a lot. Like, we we've been moving so much we've left bali in march we went to thailand and amsterdam the uk spain america now back to the uk and then back to europe and it's been so amazing and i absolutely love it but at the same time like it is even month-long ones are tiring going that much and once you finally feel settled and because like you said when you're working remotely like you have a morning routine maybe or like a routine you like to try and do and trying to keep that going while you're moving is quite difficult because you have to try and figure out your new layout, your new place, your new apartment or mm-hmm. the new city, where to get food, all of these things. And it's like once you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I got it. You're like, oh crap, I'm leaving another week and yep. I have to do it all over again. like not even complaining about it because it's wonderful, but it definitely is taxing and tiring. But I think one thing that I've learned and found kind of hard has been with moving so much is that community. Like I'm sure you get it too. Like I have my boyfriend, he's wonderful and I absolutely love him. And we spend a lot of time together, which is fine. But at the same time, like having friends or community people to talk to outside of your partner is so important. And like when you lack that in certain places, I've definitely found that has really weighed on my mental health and my ability to like feel norm a bit of normalcy Mm -hmm. when you have like no friends in a place that you're in.
1: You hit that on the head. Honestly. I, that's what I've been feeling like being in the trailer. So I've, I've been in the trailer now about a month and a half and, you know, going from traveling internationally the last year and staying in hostels, you know, meeting people traveling with, you know, other travelers and having, you know, such incredible connections and experiences going from that to living with one person who I love very deeply, but exactly like you said, you know, if you have to have balance in your life. And you also need to know yourself well enough to know that, okay, I need community more than, you know, my partner does or, or that this lifestyle allows me to, to have. And, you know, I think a lot of times you do learn, you learn by doing, and you're not always going to know what really matters to you unless you don't have it. So that's why I think it is a very good thing to experiment with different lifestyles. And, and take note of how you feel. And do you feel empty? Do you feel like you're super fulfilled? Um, and yeah, I've I've felt that very much so being in the trailer. You know, I'm constantly calling my travel friends that I met at hostels, catching up with them, you know, hearing about their adventures, planning future trips, all of that. So, you know, I have realized, you know, just through being here for a month and a half that I really do need that community more than I ever thought, because I'm quite introverted. I'm, I'm, I don't even know what I am. Like, I sometimes think I'm an introvert, like a raging introvert. And then sometimes I think I'm a raging extrovert. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. But (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I I, don't know. Like, I think certain things are different at different times of your life, too. You know, it's OK to sort of change as a person you're going to, especially if you live a life like this. You're going to evolve a lot quicker than a lot of other people may throughout their life because you're just having these really enriching experiences all the time. And you're meeting people from all over the world, learning about different cultures, different mindsets, different life experiences. And so you are going to shift and change a lot more than the average person. And so I think it's just you have to give yourself room to to grow and also give yourself the space to, you know, change your mind, make a new decision, all of those things. So Yeah. You know, you and I really get that. And a lot of people (laughs) in the travel community really get it too.
0: Yeah. It definitely is interesting. I lived in Bali for like over a year and a half or so. And being there, like it is a massive digital nomad hub. So like you have a whole community of people who completely get you. You meet new people all the time. You have friends, you have outings, you have wine nights, lunches, whatever. And it went from like always being with people to like leaving there and being like, oh, shit, like other places aren't uh-huh. like that. Like you don't always have that community there. You don't always have that behind you. And so trying, like you said, trying to build that like online, meeting people through social media, whatever it may be, is so massive. And I highly, highly encourage it. um Like I said, when I left Bali and I had just a smash in the face of almost like, oh, wow, I actually don't have any friends here. I, I found it really hard to meet new people in certain places that we were traveling because. They weren't digital nomad friendly and people right. you know were just living their nine to five life and aren't necessarily going to a cafe and sitting there and being like, hey, like, oh, where are you from? Like just chatting yeah. to you. They might think you're weird if you do that. Like <laughs> it was it was definitely a big like realization. And a big reason why I even started my own community online was just to give people like that basis of, you know, here's a collective group of people who all get your lifestyle and are all there to support each other. And it's been so awesome, like watching we have a WhatsApp group and I watch in the group every day. And I'm also a part of it, obviously. But um, the girls just being like, I'm going through this. One girl's like, I'm in Africa, I'm crying my eyes out, like, what do I do? <laughs> someone help me. And it was just like having that community behind you is gonna be a big changer. So whether you know you have someone in your actual physical life, and if you don't find people virtually, like you can find them and they are out there and they will help push you
1: through all of the stuff way more than you could ever really anticipate. Absolutely. Yeah, I've definitely been leaning on people that I've met, you know, while traveling, you know, as I've been struggling with my mental health in the trailer. So I could not agree more. And I think it's really cool that, you know, you went out of your way to create a community for people. And, you know, it's it's a lot more accessible than people think. You know, there's Facebook groups, WhatsApp groups, Slack groups. You can meet people very easily. You just have to just Google do a quick Google search. Like it's I have people you know dming me all the time being like how do you meet people how do you do this, this? i'm like literally the internet is like the most plentiful <laughs> place to find people like you that you may not have in your real life and you just have to put yourself out there and it's there you just have to you just have to you know get involved with it so no i, I mean i totally agree and I, I, I think it's awesome what you're doing
0: thanks yeah i definitely think you got to just take the step put yourself out there and you yeah. will find your people just like getting that first step scary but I promise the rest of them after that become so much easier totally well thank you so much for coming on it's been a really wonderful conversation I really loved kind of like diving into the lifestyle you know hearing your story your tips and stuff on remote working and so if someone wanted to learn more from you or reach out to you how can they get in contact with you
1: my website is Crosbygracetravels.com, and my username on Instagram and YouTube are also Crosby Grace Travels. Yeah, just go to any of those platforms. If you go on Instagram, the link in my bio kind of has all the things. so I have some ebooks, I have some mentorship programs that you can get involved with, as well as several other things. So yeah, feel free to DM me or whatever you want to do, but all the things are Crosby Grace Travels. Awesome. Yeah. I was actually
0: looking at her stuff. You offer such cool things. Like she does resume audits, LinkedIn audits, just picking your brain for 30 minutes. So there's a lot you can learn. So definitely guys DM her, go visit her stuff. She has so much, you know, to give and offer and you can learn so much from her. So thank you so much for being on everyone. Keep listening and have a great day, everyone. Bye if you are a current digital nomad remote worker or aspiring digital nomad looking to connect with a like-minded community of people to meet lean on be supported by ask questions and build friendships then the creating connections and community abroad membership is for you this membership allows you access to a tribe of people who understand your lifestyle dreams and goals no matter where you are in the world so if you are interested in learning more about this community Click the link below or DM me a nomad on Instagram to come join our community of crazy nomads.